1: What is going on, everybody? It's food for thought. We're coming up on week twelve. I am chief, and uh, Justin Carlucci is on a a slight vacation. Was out at King of the Beach this week. Congrats to him uh, for making it to the finals. But I think we've got the right man in the building this week. Coming off of a massive week eleven, TJ Swartz is in the building. TJ, what's going on, brother?
2: Doing very well. Yeah, I had a pretty crazy weekend. Started out with some UFC and finished it with a really great showdown slate, which we, of course, were on the pre-lock show for. So uh ready to keep it going uh, into week 12, hopefully.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, TJ's having some technical difficulties. His pet wants to interrupt his audio today, and I, I'm so disappointed in his cat because this this is TJ's moment, massive tournament week, and the cat's like, "Stop bragging, TJ."
2: Shadow said, "Shadow said this is my week. It doesn't matter uh, if you made some money. This is mine." He just walked in and unplugged my microphone. Um, but uh, he, uh, so yeah, it was really really great week. Started off with some UFC, and I'm. Producing the show Saturday, Liam and Mike are on the UFC show and Mike's got five conviction plays in lineup HQ. I plug them all in. Um, and then Liam had one underdog that he really liked and he ended up only being 5% owned and he got a first round knockout. Um, and so it took on, took down about three K on a $30 entry fee. And so I added a few more lineups into my cash team for the main slate for on DraftKings, And one of them was a, ten dollar winner take all um and i managed to hold on to first place in that one so at a big main slate decided to double down a little bit on the showdown go a little bit bigger and took down the 444 for 25 ended up in about a 40k weekend uh and so really really excited about that one felt overdue and ready to uh hopefully keep it going turn it into a hot streak i was looking at my roto grinders uh results and this was basically exactly two years ago that I had my last really big one. uh, That's when I went crazy for a couple months. So hopefully now we can uh, keep that going again.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I I can't stress to everyone enough Um, TJ and you know, this, this is, this is me and you patting ourselves on the back. I think if people have been following the Showdown Sunday, we've had you on the right track pretty much every week like and yeah and yeah you know TJ got a little spicy last week with Ty Chandler and uh and obviously that paid off but my point is like if they've just been following the the system like we've had them in a pretty good situation once again not to take away from from TJ's massive week man just congrats and so glad uh you're here with the company and. And we're able to have that. I mean, you know, listen, forty k a weekend. Some people might not think so. That's, I mean, we we've done it before, but that's still forty k a weekend. Is still always life changing money. That's somebody's salary for the year. And uh, yeah, we got to pay taxes. So, but my, my point not, is when not you me. Do
0: that, oh, not me, correct.
1: Canada. I forgot. Listen, listen. So, so the first time I realized this, I think it was our kitty. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's in Canada. And we were at the FanDuel uh, NBA NBA Live final, and I think I think he came in first or second. And we were on the we were all on, on the van on the way back to the hotel after the championship. And I was like, "Man, uh, congrats! Good luck on those taxes." He was like, "Oh yeah, I, I don't have to pay taxes on this." I said, "Oh my God, you're in Canada! You're so right! Incredible, TJ! This is this is awesome! This." is awesome. All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to hop in. Let's let's do a little small recap of week 11. Uh, You guys have listened to this show before, so you know how kind of how we're going to handle it. TJ, I think one of my biggest takeaways uh, from week 11 was this. I think I now, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I might trust the Detroit Lions more than most teams in the NFC. Maybe outside of the Eagles, I think I trust them more than the 49ers. Here's why TJ, and I know this sounds crazy. I feel like the Lions have a certain way they want to play. We know exactly how they're going to play. And even if guys are out, Jared Goff is seemingly going to have a the same style of gameplay. Here's why I'm saying that. When I looked at the 49ers without Debo Samuel. Brock Purdy did not look like the same quarterback. Now, once again, I do understand when injuries occur at the right, the wrong positions, like it could really hurt you because Trent Williams was out as well, which is one of his best offensive linemen. Don't get me wrong, so I understand that. But my point is I had the Lions dead, right? The Lions were at home. But my point is they found a way to come back and win this football game and everything isn't going to go right for you every week. And, folks, the Lions are sitting here at 8-2, and, and it's still almost quiet. Like, the Eagles, of course, won on Monday night, so they're going get, to get get the big spotlight, right? Uh, we saw the 49ers just kind of blow out the Buccaneers. They're going to get this big spotlight. Uh, we saw uh, the Rams beat the Seahawks. And so, so even though the, the Lions won, even in the media, I still haven't seen a whole lot of talk about them coming back when they were, like, dead to rights in the fourth quarter. If they're going to pull off wins like this, this is now – they're not only a splash team to me, TJ, they're a gutsy football team. We already know that Dan Campbell's going to get aggressive on fourth down. You know, he's, he, he's got the pulse of this team. If he feels like he needs to pull a rabbit out of the head in special teams, he will do that. But when your team's down in the fourth quarter, pretty much two scores, and you got to come back and win it, and you do it even though it's even if it, even though it's against the Bears, I don't care. I, I, I'm starting to trust the Lions a little bit here. I'm starting to feel like this could be a Cinderella Super Bowl contender. What say you?
2: I need to see them do it against a better team first. I don't disagree with you that they're in the conversation. Obviously, eight and two speaks for itself. Um, but I think I need to see them do it against a few better teams first. They've had some decent wins this year. This one was they got the an ugly one, but it, it counts all the same. And so um, the like, it was, it was the bears. It was at home and they barely got it. So when you look at it, the scope of the full game, it looks pretty gross. You look at it through the scope of they played terrible and then they came out within the fourth quarter. It looks a little bit better. And so I think I still, before I'm a full believer, I need to see them do it up against some better teams as well. But uh, I don't disagree with you that they're definitely in that conversation.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty impressed with the Lions right now. Obviously, they get the Packers on Thursday for Thanksgiving. I'm expecting them to win that game. My point is, and this would be my last thing about the Lions, like when I look at this team, TJ, so it's like, okay, where, where are the gaps? Where are the holes? They do have some holes. Don't get me wrong. Like they could probably be a little better on defense. They've had some some uh, some injuries early. Right. But when I I look at their season, so they started out, they beat the Chiefs. Right. They lost to the Seahawks in overtime. And and I watched that game. That's a game they should have won. They lost in overtime. No problem. What, What do they do after that, TJ? They just come back and win. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Packers. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Buccaneers. They got a thrashing against the Ravens. They come back. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Chargers in a big time, you know, explosive uh, a offensive win, then they come in and they beat the Bears. And if you look down the stretch here, the big one for me and for them is, honestly, it's the Cowboys on December 30th. And they're on the road. I don't think they have to win that game, TJ. I just think it needs to be close. If they lose 31-28, you know, 24-21, 24-20, to like some, and they play well, and it's just that maybe, maybe that gets the ball at the end of the end of the game and, and makes a game-winning drive or something. I think we're gonna feel way better about this Lions football team going into the playoffs because, as we know, for whatever reason, Dallas tends to have meltdowns in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the team. Maybe they don't have it this year. My point is, their schedule has also seemingly set them up for success. And if they can cruise into this Dallas game, I think they got a real shot. here. If they beat the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to have home field advantage. I think for two games, if I'm not mistaken, uh, two, I, th- I think it'll, they'll have home. I think they'll have a bye and then a home game and maybe another home game. If, if Dallas has got to come to town, we'll see how that shakes out, but. I think the Detroit Lions are for real. They're my, they're not my dark horse sleeper for the Super Bowl, and I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. They're a dark horse sleeper for me. All right, TJ. Any any uh, what, what's your recap of the week?
2: Yeah, it was a pretty good week for the Blitz projection system. I'll tell you that. So, like you and I are both on that show for uh, Saturday. You as a co-host, me as a producer, and it was lights out. I feel like the things I got wrong were because I went uh, against the blitz a little bit. And so um, cash team went absolutely bonkers for me this week. I think it put up 197 points. Um, And then uh, a few of my tournament stands didn't go quite as planned. I was a little underweight on Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy was ended up being optimal. He absolutely smashed Trevor Lawrence, another guy who going up against that tech, that uh, Tennessee pass funnel defense uh had a great week as well and so um it was a pretty good exciting week for fantasy um we saw some higher scores than we had been seeing in the last few weeks um receivers absolutely went off calvin ridley uh tank dell so many others and so it was an exciting high scoring week we hadn't seen many of those like nearing 30 point games for QB's with their stacks actually working out in a few weeks, I feel like. And it worked out this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and that's another thing too, TJ. Man, I, it's it's not just the shows I'm on because obviously Squirrel is on shows and JM to win is one of my one of my favorites in terms of long term. He's a guy that that uh, just really helped me jumpstart my fantasy career in terms of thought process. So there's a lot of shows out there that you can watch on Rotor pick six show. I mean, just, just so many things, but TJ, if you've got the blitz and you've been following what we've been talking about all season, every week we've been giving you the goods. And so, you know, I, I think once again, just to back up your point, Blitz has been doing well. Um, it's been putting you on the right games, whether or not you decide to attack it or not, uh, there, there we have it. TJ, this is my flop of the week, okay? Flop of the week. You probably know where I'm going. What in the world is happening in Washington? How in the world was Tommy DeVito able, able to walk into this stadium and come out victorious? This, this was a disaster for the Washington Commanders this week. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to slice it Once again, I'm going to repeat what I said. Tommy DeVito walked into this stadium, no hot water, couldn't even take a shower, and sliced up this Washington Commanders defense. Now, look, we know that the Commanders have been really giving it up through the air anyway, the number one receivers, but we don't expect this from Tommy DeVito. Tommy freaking DeVito of the New York Giants. And, DJ, we've heard about this on the media. Ron Rivera is as good as gone this year. This is it. There, there's, there's no more chances with Washington for Ron Rivera. He's out of there. I, I, think, I think this season's done. It's, like, just start losing games now. No need to keep winning. You're only, if, if you win games, you're only going to make your draft position worse. Uh, I, I was shocked, TJ. Okay, let me say this. I was shocked at how they lost. Tommy DeVito carved this team up. They lost 31 to 19. Like, that's kind of a bludgeoning in the NFL. What say you, sir?
2: You know, I actually feel like I'll have maybe more to say about this one when we get to the look ahead section. Because to me, what this tells me the most is Washington, Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay are the four teams. You want to just play quarterbacks and receivers against them every single week. They just give up insane amounts of fantasy points. Mahomes didn't really do it that much last night. He still had a good game, but he didn't do it much with, that with last the night.
1: wide-blowing why? And I- so
2: many drops. He was yeah. legit. So many drops. Valdez-Scantling doesn't drop that 60-yard touchdown, and they don't have seven or eight drops in that game like they do, and he probably has 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. So um, those four teams are the ones I want to be targeting every single week. And Washington is now looking like the best one to target of all of them because they've been a terrible defense all year long. It yeah, blew my mind. It's with- just gone. And now Chase Young is gone, and Sweat is gone. Sweat's gone, yeah. This this defense is horrific. They're the worst defense in the NFL now. And I think we're going to want to be making sure we target them every single week. And now we got them on Thanksgiving on a short slate this week.
1: Okay. Here's my last – these are going to be my last two. Um, The Ravens did win on Thursday night for what it's worth. The Browns squeak out one against the Steelers with, with Thompson Robinson. These two teams are now the cream of the crop in the AFC North. TJ, who do you think comes out of this division with with where we sit? As of right now in this division, the Browns were my team earlier this season. But at this point, and it's kind of a catch-22, the Ravens have the best quarterback in this division now. I expect them to win this division easily. How are you feeling about it? Because clearly the Browns defense is going to keep them in games, but I don't think they have enough quarterback play right now to come out of this division. Joe Burrow's done. Kenny Pickett's not the answer. Um, they didn't even start P.J. PJ Walker and Deshaun Watson's out for the season. That leaves the last man standing, best quarterback in the division as, as we speak right now, um, Lamar Jackson. It just feels like the Ravens have been handed this division on a silver platter at this point. I I just don't see how anybody else wins with, with, with their lackluster quarterback play. Lamar Jackson should be rolling to the playoffs easily right now. How do you feel about this division uh, and, and where the AFC North sits?
2: Not only does it look like the Ravens are going to roll into the division lead, but they're just going to roll into a first round buy and the number one seed in the AFC yeah. because, yeah, that division is just falling apart. Deshaun Watson's injuries, and if he happens to come back at the end of the year, or something like that, maybe I believe in Cleveland a bit more. But honestly, to me, the thing that hurts just as much is the Nick Chubb thing. Even if they didn't have a quarterback and they had that defense and you could just lean on Chubb all the time with Ford and Hunt as your change of pace guys, get them in for some gadget stuff, you're looking a lot more reliable to me. The defense is probably the best defense in the league, but I just I don't trust the team without a quarterback And obviously it's a lost season for Cincinnati Pittsburgh, I think is the dark horse in that division, not to win, but to maybe make the playoffs because they did just fire their offensive coordinator today. Matt Canada is gone. So maybe Kenny Pickett can do a little bit more with a new offensive coordinator. I don't think Pickett is the guy, but maybe it was the OC. We'll see. So that's kind of to be seen still. We don't know for sure. So um, I think they're a dark horse to maybe do a little bit better, but It's like you said, like, all of these teams are comparable in this division. All of them are basically equal as a whole.
1: Yeah. But Lamar
2: Jackson is by far the best quarterback. It's not even close. And so that's the most important position. It puts them over the edge. You remove their quarterbacks. All of these teams are very similar. The Ravens might be the worst one by a little bit. But Lamar is by far the best. It's just not even close. And therefore, yeah. it's just no one is close to that team in the division.
1: Yeah, and that, that's basically how I feel about it. I mean, cheese man, like this, the Ravens—they should they just come out of this division easily. Last thing, and then we'll move on to our uh, our look ahead here. DJ, and this is another one where I feel like no, we've got we got two things. I, I do. I want to discuss two more things, but Chargers Pack. The Chargers are another defense that we've been attacking this season from a fantasy perspective, especially through the air. But we still – I still didn't necessarily expect the Packers to win this game. But I expected Jordan Love to look good, and he did. You got to think, man, that the coach of the Chargers, you got to think he's another one that's on the way out. Him, Ron Rivera, they, they, Staley, Staley and Rivera feel like top two to me in terms of coaches that are for sure going to be done at the end of the season, if not before. If Staley has another bad loss, like we said. Okay, and let me say this too, TJ. We did see some uncharacteristic drops from Keenan Allen in this game as well. Like Keenan Allen dropped a touchdown that would have very well maybe had them ahead. You know what I'm saying? So there's some things that happened in this game that the score may not reflect, or if you didn't watch the game, you just think they lost. But still, they still lost to the Packers, and they lost in an ugly fashion. You got Johnson dropping a pass down the sideline the same way Mark uh, Valdez-Scantling did at the end of the game that would have helped them out, possibly getting a field goal range, at least could have tied the game. So many things happened, but it, at the end of the day, this is a trend for Staley, right? Losing at the end of the game, bad play calling. Not, it's, it's just been a train wreck for them in the last two to five minutes of the fourth quarter in almost every game. The, the Lions did the same thing to them a couple weeks ago, right? And that was a high-scoring affair. But remember, they go for it on fourth and two. They get it. They kick the field goal. They're out. No defensive stoppage. Stanley's supposed to be a defensive coach. And it's just it, – It's just off the tracks there. It's really been off the tracks for about two seasons, but the Chargers have seemingly wanted to stick with with Mr. Staley. And there's just, to me, there's no stability in this coaching anymore for the Chargers. Anthony Lynn was there. He had his team winning. They went through a bad stretch. They fired him. Staley's there. They haven't done anything. He's got to get fired at the end of the season. There's no way they let him sit there when every other coach has gotten fired. If he doesn't get fired this season – Uh, uh, the L.A. Chargers fan base is going to be blowing up this organization. TJ, how do you feel about this particular matchup and the Chargers moving forward? Uh, You talked about being able to uh, attack the the Washington Commanders. I think the Chargers are absolutely still on that list.
2: Yeah, I think maybe you can bump Chargers to number five on that list. I don't hate that at all. Uh, Maybe even above somebody like Tennessee. At the end of the day, the chargers are going to charge her. Like this is what we've seen from them for years and years, no matter how many big names they have, no matter how the talent looks, they can't get it done. And now granted they've had a lot of injuries on the offensive end this year. They've yeah. now lost Joey Bosa for the season, but yeah. everybody is injuries. As soon as you got a chance to get back in the playoff race, you lose to the green Bay Packers, probably one of the very worst teams in the NFL at this point. So, um, It's, I I can't imagine he's there, even how undermanned they, he's there at the end of the year, even how undermanned they are, you got to win a game against this Packers team. Um, So yeah, I I think you add the Chargers to that list as well. And the exciting part about the Chargers adding them to that list is even though they're going to lose games at the end, their offense is still potent enough that they can keep their team in games. And so even if you're scoring a lot against them, Herbert can usually keep the team in the game as well.
1: Last but not least, we're going to go to a rookie quarterback. I think you know who we're talking about. Everybody's been talking about him, but he's been he's been deserving of this. Even in a game where they didn't score in the second half or didn't really score, uh, couldn't really punch it in or get any field goals. And that's C.J. Stroud in the Texas, man, another win. Uh, won that one against the Cardinals. I mean, we saw C.J. Stroud yet again, C.J., put up just some ridiculous numbers, 336-2, threw three interceptions in this game at least through the season, that's been very uncharacteristic of him. But I want to move to somebody else in this offense. TJ. Stroud's gotten all his praises, and we understand what he's been doing. Devin Singletary, he might actually be the key to this offense. They have not been able to run the football with Damian Pierce all year as the bell cow. Damian Pierce not playing could have been a blessing in disguise for this team. As Devin Singletary now, and TJ, I've said this before, This looks like the Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic. For those of you that did not watch Devin Singletary in college, this was a regular occurrence, right? In college, this man was running wild, TJ. And so now in the pros, we've seen him get locked into this role with Damian Pierce on the sidelines, and we're seeing 100-plus games and catching passes. And I think it's opened this offense up because now, guess what? If you got to account for Devin Singletary in the run game, the coverage is going to be a little bit softer in certain instances, and we're seeing T.J. Stroud just nuke the NFL for 300 yards a week. What in the world has happened in Houston? Well, they got a new coach. They got Demico Ryan. He's helped turn this thing around. C.J. Stroud obviously has said, "Hold my beer." First round, uh, uh, first round, uh, number one overall pick. I'm going to show you why I should have been the number one overall pick. I'm actually glad C.J. Stroud did not come to Carolina for what it's worth with this horrific coaching staff that we have that just seems to make everybody look bad I mean we've got I feel like we've got chains on on Bryce Young story for another day this is about the Texans this offense TJ has been so explosive most weeks everybody's gonna have a bad week everybody's gonna have a team they run into and they just they just can't get it done that day but when you're telling me Devin Singletary is now being leaned on 20 times a game in the in the rushing attack picking up over 100 yards, scoring touchdowns. C.J. Stroud over 300 through the air. Tank Dell another 100-yard receiving game, followed by not, not only him, T.J., let's just look at the receivers as a whole. Nico Collins, seven for 65. Robert Woods, five for 44. Dalton Schultz gets into the box. Uh, John Metchie comes in with one catch. Devin Singletary, two catches. I mean, it's just, it's a barrage of, of, of ways that they're winning these games. He's not getting locked in. I think Tank Dell is his number one, but that doesn't mean Tank's going to get every play. Uh, once again, Texas did not have a great second half, but CJ still pushed the envelope here. And this is looking like a team that may get into the playoffs, TJ, may get into the playoffs. Not They're not going to a Super Bowl this year, okay? But what have they done? They've established an identity. They've established a culture. And now, TJ – When you got free agents that may want to go somewhere, a team that may have the money to pay, they may actually consider the Houston Texans. What happens, TJ, if a guy like Stephon Diggs, who's very unhappy in Buffalo, says, you know what? I'm going to go on out to the Texans with a young quarterback, a young team, a young coach, an up-and-coming defense. What happens if a guy like him decides to take the plunge? Like, yeah, it's going to hurt some guys. Like, I don't think he'll do it because I think they got a young receiver tank down. But, hey, the more weapons, the merrier. I'm just saying this could end up being a destination that people are excited to go to now because of the culture. Like what I've seen from Stroud winning football. Uh, how are you feeling about the Texans?
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And they have, like, so this week they have a really big divisional matchup with Jacksonville. And I think that's going to be telling for – it's at home. They're a one-point favorite. Or sorry, Jacksonville is actually a one-point favorite. So they're a one-point underdog at home. You and they've already beat game. Jacksonville this year. Yeah. You win You win this game at home and you're, when you're in the thick of the playoff hunt. I think that is very telling for what you're made of. Now, regardless, even if they lose this game, I think the Texans are making the playoffs because you look ahead. They got the Broncos the week after. They got the Jets the uh, week after that. The Broncos um, are a
1: track game right now to me.
2: Fair, but, like, sh- games you should win. They got the Broncos, then they got the Jets, then they got Tennessee the week after that, um, and then who who's uh, coming up in week 16 for them? Why can't I find Houston? Um, I don't know. Oh, the Browns, so that'll be a tough matchup, um, but then it's the Titans again, and in week 18, they close out against the Colts. So, a lot of divisional games, but there's really only one in there that you view as, like, they're probably going to be the underdogs. They're probably going to be favored in most of those games. And so... I do think the Houston Texans are going to make the playoffs this year. I believe in CJ Stroud. He looks really, really good. Even on those interceptions, he didn't look bad. They were all just really great interceptions. The one hit Robert Woods in the uh, hit Robert Woods bounced up in the air and then uh, and then uh, Arizona caught it. It wasn't his fault. One of them was a bit of a misread, um, but a guy makes a beautiful interception on a on a jump ball in the end zone, uh, and then the third one again. He threw it off of his back foot a little bit, so it didn't have the juice. But a guy made a beautiful undercutting interception, and while he was getting pressured, so it's like it it very easily could have been one interception instead of three. And uh, he still looked really strong. So I'm uh, I'm all aboard the CJ Stroud train, I'm a believer,
1: yeah, for sure. And listen, guess what? I thought we were about to move, but that's the beauty of this show, man. It's organic, uh, and, and we just kind of flow go with the flow a little bit do uh, You have an outline, but we leave leave a little room for imagination. And here's my my imagination flowing here. Because we brought this up, they've got to match up with Denver. Don't look now, TJ, as, as we have written this Denver team off, they got blown out by the, by the Miami Dolphins. I think we thought this team was going to be the worst in the league. And all of a sudden, TJ, they've been turning it around week to week to week to week. And they get out get out of Denver at home with the win against the Vikings. This team is now at 500. TJ, they are in the hunt. Let's look at who they have coming up because I, I think this is, I think this is an important topic. Five and five this week they have the Browns. They're at home. I I'm not going to write them off with this game. TJ, here's why. If you're asking me right now who has the better quarterback, it's absolutely Denver. Now, here's the other thing. As, as, good as, as much as we've talked about this Browns defense, the Broncos defense has been improving. We, they look a lot better than how they looked earlier this season when teams were just thrashing them. Something's clicked in this locker room, something's clicked with the coaching staff. Like we don't even hear talks of Russell Wilson being forced out of the building anymore. Like you're seeing him and Cortland Sutton and the te- like they've got They've got some charisma. They've got some swag happening. They've got some connection, I think, happening in the locker room. I think in some way, shape, or form, Sean Payton has got this team to believe in the locker room. TJ, bold call this week, Broncos beat the Browns.
2: I like it. I I like that quite a bit today. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game with that Browns defense. Broncos defense has been playing a lot better. Um, and I'm just – I'm very – I'm on the Broncos bandwagon right now because they they tried to play me for uh, a fool. I thought they were going to kill me on, on Sunday Night Football because I'm winning about 15K uh, on the showdown slate at this point, late in the fourth quarter, and they're just peppering some Ajay run. Just peppering oh, yeah. him with targets all the way down the field. TJ, and I go for did I
1: not mention Samaj P. Ryan? You did. You did. I told you Samaj was the guy. Look. He was the cheap guy. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: I, I had I had a pretty good day, but if I mix in a couple things you said instead of a couple things that I had in there, it's instead of looking like a 30k day, it might be a Millie Maker slate. Um, <laughs> but uh looking at uh Looking at this, I uh I'm watching this game and they're just peppering Samaj P. Ryan. I don't have a last drive,
1: ridiculous. Oh my gosh.
2: I go from up 15k to up 3k, and I'm just like, yeah, that's nice. Like, obviously, money is money, that'd be great, but I that sucks because it's the last drive. Damn. And then the touchdown goes to Cortland Sutton, and I shoot to first place in the contest. So they I was down on the Broncos and then immediately popped back up on the Broncos. Uh And so Cortland Sutton saved the day for me, won me that GPP oh, at man. the end. So yeah, look, I'm all aboard the Broncos right now.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. I, I want to mention them, man, because I feel like the Broncos were just getting a bad rap, like from the beginning of the season, especially when Sean Payton called out um uh the coach from the jets or the previous head coach. He called him out and, uh, I said man this is this is starting out rough but they, they turned the corner and i think to me this is a testament of this is why you go out and get real nfl head coaching right right tj like everything's going haywire the media's all over this team i mean you've got uncle shay shay calling them out and what do they do they just keep their head down and turn this thing around that's coaching now look the guys got to show up the players got to play i mean we thought they were about so TJ, just three weeks ago, we were talking about them shipping Jerry Judy out, shipping out Portland Sutton, doing a full rebuild. Now we're looking at this team like, wait a minute, they keep winning. They're going to the playoffs. And in this division, they're they're second in the division right now. They will go to the playoffs if they can get to 10 games. They are going. Um, this is incredible. So I, I, I like what I've seen here, and uh hopefully. Uh, this this goes well. All right, so let's get into our look ahead. I'm going to let you pick it up because you said you, you kind of want to talk about uh, uh, a, a couple teams and look ahead. And one of those, man, we, let's just talk about the Thursday slate. We've got yeah. Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks. That's going to be a big one. Um, not the 49ers, Seahawks, but I'm saying the Thursday Thanksgiving slate. That's usually a big – this is probably one of the biggest off-script slates we have of the season. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks forward to this one. TJ, how are we feeling about Thursday? I'm
2: excited about Thursday because I think we're potentially going to have some value with Kenneth Walker. I think likely going to miss this one on a short turnaround. He left that game early. They said he's likely not going to get put on the IR, but he is like, I'm I'm expecting Kenneth Walker to be out on Thursday. So that gives us a cheap Zach Charbonnet. We're not going to have Aaron Jones most likely. So that's going to give us a cheap AJ Dillon. Um, and so, a lot of things shaping up for some interesting, interesting plays here. Um, but there's one of those teams that we mentioned on this slate uh, that is just wildly, wildly bad defensively, and that's the Washington Commanders. And so, I think it's Dak Prescott week. Look, Love projects pretty good. Gino projects pretty well. Brock Purdy projects pretty well. Howell projects well. Goff projects well. But. I don't think projection systems have necessarily adjusted for how horrific Washington is right now this week without all of these players. And so I don't know how many lineups I'm going to play yet. I know if I play one, it's definitely going to be – it's definitely going to be Dak Prescott, but I'm considering just like playing 100 with Dak Prescott. Woo!
1: I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Like, think So, here's the cool thing about Thanksgiving slates, right? Like, you don't have to get as much right as you think. And, and, and here's what I mean by that: We start out the day. Some people are just going to say, "Hey, I'm just going to stack this Lions-Packers game," right? Like, some people just because they want the instant gratification of the win. If you can exercise within yourself a little bit of patience, right, you just take – you say, okay, who are the pieces that could bury me in this Lions game? That's Monro St. Brown. That's Jameer Gibbs. That's uh, uh, David Montgomery. David Montgomery, yeah. Like, like we don't think about David Montgomery as a, as a guy that could bury you. But Dan Campbell is perfectly fine letting Jameer Gibbs get everything between the 20s and then handing handed it to David Montgomery at the one anywhere inside the five and letting him rack up three rushing touchdowns. If David Montgomery falls into the end zone three times, you're dead. If you don't have him, forget it, right? So, okay, yeah, like PGM, Gibbs, wanna...
2: Gibbs has been getting a lot more touches on the goal line area Absolutely. lately, and he's been getting more of them in general, but I think a lot of that is game script dependent. Now that Montgomery's yeah. back, I think if we see – Detroit against a team like Green Bay at home if they play a little better than they did the, against the Bears and they're up two touchdowns throughout this game it's going to be Montgomery getting, getting all that work
1: yeah he's going to get carries down the stretch so I think those are the guys I like I like Jerry Goff I think you'll probably need to sprinkle some of him in and then I, I need to look at the price and I'm sure it's already out I haven't like completely dug in yet but the Packers receivers will probably be cheap enough to where you say okay Maybe I can sprinkle them in, but I'm not stacking them. I'll play one or the other or the other, and I, but I don't want massive exposure to them. My point Dobbs is, this,
2: is 5K, Watson's 4-3, and Reed is 4-2. So they're right. really cheap.
1: Yeah, and tight scene, I would play them together, but I would have them one or the other or the other. Um, and, that, and that's just kind of how you have to play these slates. But in terms of, I think, the most – overpowered team, it's got to be the commanders, like you said, and we've just got to hope Dak Prescott gets the touchdowns early. Like, when we saw him play against Carolina, he was kind of rolling and then Carolina gave up a defensive touchdown. And once they gave up that defensive touchdown, that just totally changed the game. Dak didn't have to really do anything anymore. She didn't have to do anything. So you got to hope they can really get rolling early. One of the things that the commanders have been able to do, though, TJ, in most games is keep pace which forces the other team to keep scoring. That's kind of what we're hoping. If I was going to stack one game on Thanksgiving, absolutely Cowboys, Commanders, I feel like that would be the spot uh, to go Um, because I do think the Commanders can keep pace. I'm not saying they will, but I think they can. Um, How are you feeling about 49ers? Seahawks for the Thursday slate. Um, I do think the 49ers win this game and uh maybe the Seahawks can score some but I but I feel like the 49ers are the better team here.
2: yeah I agree with you completely I want to stack the heck out of this Washington-Dallas game just like you said if I'm not playing Prescott it's probably because I'm playing Howell on the other side and then fully stacking up the Dallas side with them and then I just want pieces of this final game I'll play some Metcalf play a lot of McCaffrey I'll play some Zach Charbonnet as long as uh um Kenneth Walker is out because even if that's a negative game script he'll still catch passes um so Zach Charbonnet will still get in there as well but um maybe I run a couple pretty stacks with Brandon Ayuk out there too obviously he can have a big game any game but this is just going to be pieces for me uh, I'm going to be heavily game stacking this middle game Washington-Dallas
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. I'm going to move to one other game that's, that's going to be early. This is this is one that we're not used to, TJ. We get a Friday game this year uh, for NFL. It's Jets, Dolphins, Dolphins on the road. I am not expecting the Jets to win this game. I'm expecting the Dolphins to just get off yet again. Um, so that'll be Tim a Boyle season. To late. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting much from Tim Boyle. Here's why. For all of the talk about the Dolphins' offense, getting Jalen Ramsey in his defense has totally changed it, TJ. This defense played much better. Uh, Having two corners out there, Zayden Howard and and Jalen Ramsey, this is now a problem. And this is what I think the Dolphins needed, TJ. If they're going to keep pace with some of these other teams in the AFC, the defense had to come up a little bit. I think they've come up enough with those two pieces as long as they don't experience too many injuries. They can score. They needed more defense. I think they got it, and now this team they should handle business against the Jets. Is that how you're feeling?
2: Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I think they're going to take care of business quite easily. I do. With us getting a Friday game, I wish it was something a little bit better, but um, that's all right. We'll I'll, I'll find something else well, to do Friday night when the when Miami's up twenty one points.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Here's the deal. The NFL thought this was going to be a good game because everybody – Because it be Aaron Rodgers, yeah. And he's not playing, so the NFL can't help the entry bug. All right, we'll move on to full-blown week 12 where we've got our main slate. And I think my favorite game of the week right now, TJ, believe it or not, this is my favorite game of the week. This is the game I want to see. It's actually Jaguars, Texas. We talked about it. I think this game is huge for playoff implications – We've seen C.J. Stroud just absolutely continue to take steps week to week to week to week to week, and now he gets a division opponent coming into town. Can he once again put up the numbers but also get the win and close the deal, seal the deal? We shall see. This is my game of the week, not only from a uh, a real-life perspective but a fantasy perspective. This feels like the game that could have the fireworks. I know we've got Rams Cardinals. I know we've got Bills, Eagles, but I, I think the jaguars Texans game could be the fireworks game of the week. If you watch the Blitz show, I think the Blitz is going to like this game. In the Dome, both teams, uh, uh, Houston Plains playing pretty fast. I think this is going to be the game of the week. How are we feeling?
2: Love it. I uh, really, really like this game as well. I'm excited to watch it, and I'm happy it's in the early slate of games because I think it's going to be great for DFS. I think it's going to be great to watch, but my game of the week It's in the afternoon set of games. It's Philadelphia. It's Buffalo. I'm so excited about the idea of playing that as a late night hammer and some DFS, as well as to watch that game. Because here, here's my hot take of the week. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home. This team has looked bad. They've looked out of sorts. Um, They have not looked right. I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills get right against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to be high after beating the Chiefs. Um, I I think they're going to take Buffalo a little bit lightly because they've been playing so poorly and this pass funnel offense, I think is going to get finally lit up by Josh Allen. I think we're getting four or five total touchdowns from Josh Allen and they're going to take, uh, they're going to take the dub here.
1: Well, we, we got to hope Josh Allen doesn't have the turnover bug that's bitten him the past two seasons feels like it could rear its ugly head here Uh you know, in, in, in Philly, but who knows? Philly's been giving up the passing yards for sure. Folks, we're going to close this week out. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. We've given you our two favorite games of the week. Uh, We've done our recap. We've talked about it. We're going to close out with a little bit of story time uh, or a GPP food of the day. We're going to do a host choice. TJ, a great, great feel good story to close us out or a GPP food of the day from the great country of Canada.
2: Going to take those wonderful both hands and options you presented me and put them together. So I have been enjoying a very nice, warm autumn here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, woke up this morning, and I went outside at Brighton early at like 7.30 a.m. Sun was rising, and it was about a nice 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, right. Just kind of even there. It's usually colder at this time. We, we usually have tons of snow at this time. There's none. It has snowed, but then it has melted. And so i um, okay. enjoying a beautiful autumn. And I found a couple of burgers. I found four burgers, uh, prime rib burgers in my uh, basement, in my basement uh, deep freeze. Oh, TJ. And so I thought, you know what? It was about 45 degrees out of, in an, on an evening. It was nice out for an evening. And so I fired up the barbecue outside. My wife joined me uh, on the on our little patio, uh, and I barbecued some prime rib burgers. Prime rib burgers. Put some put the buns on the top of the grill, and so they got nice and toasted. Melted some cheese onto them. Spiced them up with some Montreal steak spice on my prime rib burgers. Oh, from mm. McCormick delicious. by McCormick.
1: Yes, yes. McCormick makes the Montreal steak season. Love that season, TJ. Uh, mm-hmm. Good stuff. And listen, I'm sure your wife was very excited to come outside and eat one of those burgers with you. Uh, I reached out to TJ on Sunday night and uh, he was out with the wife, I think, going to get some dessert. Well-deserved dessert, might I add, especially when the dough came rolling in. Not only was he melting cheese on the burger, more cheese was headed to that bank account folks we we went out cheap
2: so we went out for (laughs) we went out to celebrate that i had a big main slate because i won about uh won about 10k on saturday night and then sunday on the main slate combined so we figured go celebrate have a nice dessert i get home for that Samaj p ryan in Cortland sutton drive that's when i got home to watch that so i get home and i'm up 15k and i'm like all right sweet and then P Ryan just gets peppered, and I'm like, "No,
1: I should have stayed out. Why did I come home?" And then Sutton got the touchdown. Oh man, gotta love this. This is nothing speaks more to showdown swings than that situation. Pepper, pe- I mean, he gets everything down the field, and then Sutton comes through in the clutch. Folks, if you want more TJ, check him out on Twitter. Check him out; he's producing the blitz. So check him out; he's on. Uh, The Morning Grind. Check him out. He's on Food for Thought occasionally. And for sure, my brother from another mother. We will be back on Sunday yet again for another Showdown Slate. Hopefully you guys tune in. This has been Food for Thought Week 12. I'm Chief. That is TJ. We'll see you next week.